Hi, everyone. Welcome to Unfolding Sharp Corners, a podcast creating a community space to discuss all the taboo topics we're told not to talk about. I'm Barthi Rupani, and this is my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Sherry Arathachin. And in each episode, we'll be unfolding a sharp taboo topic, exploring a variety of perspectives, and finding a new relationship to it. All right, let's get started. Uh, recording. All right. So here we are. Uh, it's Barthi and Sherry, and we have a special guest today. Um, we have Heather Simone. Heather, would you like to introduce yourself? So tell us a little bit about you. Yes, I'm happy to be here. Thank you. Um, I am a certified life coach and also a graduate of the School of Womanly Arts, class of 2017. Excellent. And what are you here to talk with us about today? Flirting and sensuality and hopefully pleasure as well, because <laughs> I love to talk about pleasure. Yay. Amazing. Um, I'm very excited about this and I'm excited to get into this in, in sort of safe space with you too, I feel, um, and also publicly somehow I still feel safe. <laughs> what about you, Barthi? I'm so excited for this conversation. Um, I, I believe I've mentioned this before. I, I've taken Mama Gina's GPS course just this fall. We just concluded a, couple, oh, a week ago and yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> Yeah, and I have to say, because what's sharp actually for me is this. This is Edge. And with the School of Womanly Arts under um, Regina Thomas Hour, we called her Mama Gina, um, we did some pretty provocative things in the name of pleasure. Um, and it's so funny because in a community of women, it was an edge for me and yet sacred and natural. But somehow the public being visible like this right now is a different kind of edge for me. So I just wanted to kind of name that. Yeah. 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 This feels um, sharp or taboo or unfolding for me because I am not a flirt. And so I've always been amazed at people who can do that in sort of a traditional way, but also just how that expands sort of how you experience life and other, other ways of flirting. And, um, and I'm the idea of like being more in tune with my body and, the power of sensuality and sexuality from a like um from a way that it like it's an energy center and being able to operate with that and use that and channel that like I know it in my head that that's true and I am still figuring out how to to do that so that's why it it doesn't feel that doesn't feel taboo but then the act of actually trying to go do that or to use flirtation or to use that energy in any way feels like whoa this is a little scary a little like whoa what kind of power is that within me and um and then to talk about it publicly yes it's definitely like uh not something I normally do so all of it feels a little uh unfolding and sharp I loved um what you shared with me Heather I think it was last week we were just chatting about um Flirting is enjoying yourself in the presence of others. And I love, love, love that take on flirtation because at its core, that is literally what flirtation is. Absolutely. When I first heard Mama Gina say that, I'm paraphrasing her, I thought, wow, that kind of puts more of like the being in flirting, you know, because Sherry, you mentioned doing and there's definitely fun 
personalized expressions of that, but it made me really think about, well, what is it like to really enjoy myself first? And that's a whole nother conversation, truly enjoying myself day to day when it comes to pleasure and what that means for me, but then to enjoy myself and take up space fully in the presence of others. Mm. And in my case, for my age, in the, in the pleasure, enjoying myself in the company of men on my yeah. turn, fully and lit up. Yeah. I think that's what's, um, for me, that's what's the, the importance of all of this, this idea of enjoying ourselves and then enjoying ourselves in the presence of others, like taking up that space and saying like, I get to be this way. And, and I think that's an edge too, because there's one uh, tool that we practice it's just a few words, but it's so powerful to say when someone compliments you, you know, to say, thank you. It's true. Did you practice? Mm. Yes. <laughs> we had to practice that. And I, I remember like just giggling about some of the things and I'm like, why, why am I like laughing? It's real. It's true. I, I am like awesome. <laughs> you know, I, Wow, just even thinking about that makes me nervous. <laughs> in what way? In what way? Uh, just like owning that and holding that. And it's not even, so I've, I've been practicing, you know, when someone compliments you to just say thank you and accept it. But then to say thank you and be like, yep, I know it's true. It's like, I might do that jokingly with my husband, you know, and he's like, oh, you're so pretty or whatever. You're so awesome. But I'm like, yeah, I know. But like to do that, not with someone I'm intimately familiar with feels um, maybe arrogant or something. And I, and that points me to like the systems at play, you know, mm -hmm. that tell us from a very young age of not doing that. So, so there's also that sort of sharpness of like, interacting with the world in this new way. Exactly. Cause it's like that, that's another, you know, practice we had, which was the art of the brag, you know, learning how to self celebrate ourselves in company where it's actually contagious and other people want to celebrate themselves as well. So to be able to fully take up space and say, you know, I want to celebrate this about myself or to receive celebration from someone else that can feel so vulnerable. And yet, practiced um it's funny how some of the things that i thought were very edge for me have now become second nature and then i go this is actually our natural state you know if you think about like children like my nephew i told him recently you're so brilliant he's like i know nanny i know you know <laughs> and he should know that i loved his confidence but like you know it's actually, I think, our nature to be that brilliant, you know, and what happens where it becomes something not natural. I yeah. I, I think that's the key, right? That we're, we're actually meant to be this way. And um, just like you said, Sherry, like the systems at play that have and society and you know all the all the stuff that we've learned and we've put on top of what is natural to us so the work that you know we learn as coaches the work that we've learned through um, mama gina's coursework all of that is to unpack it and unlearn it 
and get to the core and the heart of what we actually are. I'm curious to hear, Heather, you know, what, what's the impact been of moving from pre to now owning this and to have that be integrated in you? What does that show up as in your life? And what, what other impacts does it have for you? In general, for like the receiving end of thank you, it's true. I think for me, there's um, what gives me pleasure actually is watching how people close to me respond to me getting excited about taking up space. So, you know, I have a great roommate here. I'll pop out of my room and I'll just say something like, I'm awesome. I just signed another client, you know, and because he's so practiced in my energy of just getting excited about myself, um, he'll compliment me. And I'm like, yeah, thank you. It's so awesome. And to watch him light up in response to me getting excited, it's been great to see him do the same, mirror it. Because then it gives permission to say, I can also celebrate myself. So then he is able to pop out of his room and say, look what I did, you know? So for me, I get excited at the contagiousness in a good way of seeing other people go, wait, I can have permission just by watching to do the same, you know? And that's the part that really gets me excited is sharing that that enthusiasm for being able to, yeah, let's celebrate ourselves. You know, or and even with dating, since we we're talking, you know, a little bit about flirting, um, when I started dating right during Mama Gina's courses, I found that the impact I was having on men, it's, it was actually refreshing for me. I would get a compliment from a man and say, thank you. It's so true. And he would be taken aback and it would start like this pleasure back and forth. Wow, you're really confident. I'm like, yes, that's so true. Thank you. You know, and it would just keep going and escalating. And it, and I would get feedback from a couple of men that I dated. They're like, you're different. Like, you know, and I thought it was great to witness the pleasure that he would get in being able to shower me with words and to see me light up with it. So it's a give and take. That was also a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. I I love that example because it's just, of course, if you receive that gift and the gift of you know, gift of words and you light up and you say, thank you. And you acknowledge that it's accurate and true. Then of course the other person's going to light up. Can you imagine how like deflated someone may feel or deflated? What's the word that I'm looking for? (laughs) Deflated, right? When someone Mm -hmm. says, oh, you look great today. And you're like, oh, this whole thing. I mean, Yes. Or diminish it like, you know, oh, I got it on sale or, you know, something that just makes you contract a little bit, you know, instead of um, open up a bit with it, which is vulnerable. It is because the spotlight is on you. Uh, But I think like it's a muscle that impact by practicing it more and more and being in that soft vulnerability. um, The benefit for me was being able, you know, with me being like identify cis with like a cis man, I got to feel the masculine, wow, I made you feel good. And wow, she's, I'm watching her bask in her unique feeling goodness. And so there was a shift that would happen in on the date that made me feel soft in receiving it. And so I liked, I liked that. And I realized that my pleasure, my smile lighting up, my energy was the gift for him. 
in the flirting process. So, and I just enjoyed it. So it just encouraged me to live in that space a bit more. I love that. I'm holding on to like this definition of flirting. It's like really a new way to look at this. Um, and I'm noticing my body going, oh, but what if I go too far? And so like, I'm hearing that critic come in of like, that's arrogant or be humble, you know, all the sort of messaging we get. Um, so I'm curious, like what, either maybe what you experienced of that and how you sort of overcame that or what wisdom or source we can tap into to like, to help that part of ourselves move forward um, and sort of overcome that. I think that's such like a fair concern a bit too that because it does happen outside of the community where a reaction from I've had it with other women is oh you know you're tooting your own horn or you know that kind of you know conditioning you're taking up a little too much space and I got that same question last year when I did a body empowerment workshop you know what about you know if people perceive you as too arrogant my experience was to start practicing it in safe spaces with people that I felt comfortable with, that I knew would enjoy the practice, you know? And so by doing that, what I found is I became more confident with exploring that vulnerable part of myself, taking up space with other like-minded or curious women in my life. And as that confidence grew for me, I found that, like for example, brag has a lot of charge around it, just the word itself. And so I found that if I, if I said to a group of people that I didn't really know well, oh, hey, you know, I just want to celebrate you. Just by changing the word celebrate that didn't have the same associations, there was less resistance. And that's another thing that in the course we learned over time is how to stay in your turn on and in your pleasure when you meet resistance from other people. So though that's kind of like further down the line, how I kind of started was with people that I felt comfortable with, that I could be vulnerable, saying, hey, I'm practicing taking up space and doing this. Will you play with me with this? Oh, I like that transparency and naming it and that permission then to play and to have fun. Um, my, like my mind is going crazy. I like so many things I want to ask you. Uh, so what about, you know, what are other ways that, if the definition of flirting is enjoying yourself in the presence of others, like tell us more, show us other ways of like, how does this show up? Well, I think that's the big thing is like, how do you, do you enjoy your own self most of the time? Right. And so for me, what I've noticed, especially with coaching women on this topic is really paying attention to what your joy capacity is right? Because I do feel like we have like a pleasure capacity. Um, what I like to say is like, you know, how much pleasure you can savor, enjoy, fully feel good about before you get worried about losing it or a shoe dropping or something like that. So, and I like to imagine sometimes that's like a tight, either a very tight rubber band or very loose, you know? And for me, the more that you examine your relationship with your own pleasure, like how many times throughout the day am I really enjoying my day, myself, my cup of coffee, my this, is a really good place to start um, just to see how your relationship with your own 
entertainment of yourself is, how you are in your own time, especially with your own thoughts. One of the things that's big for me is noticing where do my thoughts go as soon as I wake up until I get coffee. Yeah. What is, wait, how does that connect to pleasure? In the sense of a lot of time, I noticed when just by examining from when I wake up to get coffee, I have a little inner crankiness. So there's a certain level of background chronic crankiness <laughs> that I noticed that I would have. And I think, you know, that crankiness would get in the way to pleasure. So a lot of times it was like, okay, once I get my coffee, then I can start to feel good. And then I realized I'm missing this big opportunity from bed to when I get there to invite pleasure into right. my right? And my thoughts were going towards, you know, judging or whatever the, the case is. So it's like being with yourself, you know, and I realized there were a lot of micro moments throughout the day where I can either be in crank or I can be in pleasure. So just being aware of that and going, I want to see how many opportunities in a day I can invite myself to either, as we say, pussify, we use pussy as yeah. <laughs> another perspective on pleasure <laughs> being turned on, right? So we, we kind of verbify it and say, you know, how can I pussify, which basically means how can I turn on what I'm doing right now? Yeah. How can I make this more pleasurable? How can I enjoy this more? Yeah. Right? I think the one huge lesson that I learned was it's not just finding pleasure with everything that you do, but also like approve of that pleasure you know so if you walked from you know like if you walked a mile and you're excited that you did that um or ran a mile or whatever and then like really approve of that like don't you know don't um diminish it by saying well I should have run two miles like who cares just like you ran a mile excitement that's exciting and just enjoy that same thing with the coffee like you pour yourself some coffee and it tastes so amazing in the morning especially that first sip enjoy it and just be fully into that yeah like really I love that like milking like something to get the maximum satisfaction out of it that's why we have this thing called the trinity like you know mm -hmm. constantly doing a brag a gratitude and desire because a mama Gina says this thing um undigested good turns to shit you know so if we don't take time to digest an experience we just had like a good cup of coffee or oh wow I did run that mile and I really didn't want to go to the gym today just by being able to take that moment and go I brag I did that I showed up you know um, this was delicious we're digesting goodness and when you digest your stomach empties and you have room for more right instead of like that conic chronic crankiness that can sometimes pervade. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that this is like, this is the key of, you know, anybody that follows um, law of attraction, like this is the key, right? If we continue to digest all of that goodness, we just make more room for other goodness to come into our lives for us to manifest. And the yeah. Oh, go ahead, Heather. The approval is so important, too, because, you know, even in those moments where you are cranky, I find like if I'm having like a rough period of the day, if I approve of it, 
because we have another tool, we say yes, 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 and we actually physically jump to shake the neurons in our body, you know, to just be like, yes, I failed that coaching call. It was horrible. Yes, I did that. You know, we do that to approve it, um, just to change the relationship even. Yeah, I I a hundred percent agree with this I like idea of even approving the things that you may have not celebrated in the past celebrate it because it's okay this is you know this is all we're all creating new neural pathways so learning that and accepting it that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay you're going to do something different next time you know i think i was one of my questions is going to be as we were starting like what's the definition we talked about the definition of flirt flirting or flirtation and then what's the definition of pleasure? But what I'm hearing from this is, is really like one, I'm hearing like a sensory, like enjoying a cup of coffee, enjoying whatever is in that moment, being with it, being with your body. I'm hearing, um, you know, it's sort of like, I think a child is a great example. Like if, when you see a kid learning that you're like, yay, you walked one step and you fell over. Great, that's amazing. And uh, when they're, they're just sort of super present to whatever's going on. If they're screaming because they're upset, they're, they're going to do it. And so just what I'm hearing is owning it, celebrating every part of it. Um, and, and then that sort of maybe feeds into that ability to be with yourself, be celebrating yourself in front of others or with others. So into the flirtation piece too. That's, that's my like takeaway so far. <laughs> But I love that that was a question like, what is pleasure? Because I often love to ask women just to hear what their definition of pleasure is. Um, because usually when I've told men to, yeah, I like to help women, you know, when it comes to the topic of pleasure, <laughs> it's often a very predictable association <laughs> that they will think. But for women, it's more complex. They'll, you know, tilt their head and go, pleasure? What do you mean? And so I'm very curious, like, Barty, what do you think when you hear, like, pleasure for yourself? Yeah, I, you know, it's funny. I think pre-Mama Gina, I definitely associated pleasure, um, like, not in everyday things, but more in a very, like, structured definition of, like, <laughs> with a partner kind of pleasure <laughs> or, or not. <laughs> um, but now it, I, I've, it's opened, it's opened up a whole new world for me because I'm realizing that even in like little everyday tasks, there's so much pleasure in everything. And I think that's why the, um, the approval is so important for me because we ha we should be celebrating we should be bragging all of those things that we found pleasurable in our day oh i'm curious heather um to hear you know i know everybody probably has their own definition of pleasure boat um what's your definition for me, pleasure is simply, does this make me feel good? Mm -hmm. um, 
everything from like a thought, does this thought, you know, if I'm going to keep thinking these thoughts, is that going to make me feel good, you know, um, to actual sensations, you know, like how I drink my cup of coffee to how things feel on my skin. So physical, tactile, but I'm constantly challenging myself to like enhance my rubber band, like to really make it stretch. Like how can I bring pleasure into everything? I remember, because I also teach English as a second language, I remember that I, that dynamic of my classes completely transformed when I kind of became a little bit of a rebel and said, I'm not going to exactly follow the curriculum down to the nail. If I'm not feeling juicy and pleasurable when I'm planning the lesson, I don't think it's going to translate. So how can I make what I'm teaching more fun for me? Yeah. Because if I'm turned on when I come into the class and I'm like, guess what we're learning today? We're going to talk about this. That energy is going to be infectious. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, completely. I think that's the key, right? If you can find pleasure in the, like, you know, the things that you do, like, oh, I just facilitated a, a, a meeting, you know, and it was so awesome. If you walk in with that energy, guess what? Everybody in that meeting is going to be high vibe, high energy, and so excited to be there. Versus if you walk into that and you're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this agenda. Like, we're going to do it like this. If you're not there, people are going to feel your energy and it's going to fall flat. 100%. I'm curious, how might this apply to maybe tough moments in life, you know? And how could we, without overstepping that things are hard, right? But how do you use this feel good energy and like the celebratory owning energy to support yourself in a tough time is that is that possible is that appropriate and yeah I guess kind of curious what's power what could be powerful there I think that's so that's such a good question the, the specific thing that's coming to mind was a few years ago when my grandmother was diagnosed with um, Alzheimer's my sister and I knew we needed to prioritize a trip to California to go see her, which was a lot of coordination with family and her sons. And because of a lot of our experience with um, death and family members, we took a pleasure approach to it, which was we know we're going to go there and it's going to be emotional and it's going to be a lot and we want to be present with her because it's likely to be the last time where she sees us and remembers us. So what do we need to plan in this trip to fill our well, to make sure that we are at our maximum pleasure so that if we need to be present and cry and grieve and swamp and feel all that range too, we can do with maximum presence. So we made sure to plan the trip so that Disneyland was included <laughs> in the trip and Universal Studios. So we started our day with her and then we went to a theme park. And whenever we have to, like even now with potentially planning her uh, Zoom memorial, because she's in the last stage right now, we're still finding ways to pleasurify it. Like how can we make this, or and, and even if it's not related to her, what do we need on the side from our toolkit of pleasure that we need to make sure we add more to our days right now so that we have the capacity to show up in the range 
Thank you. I love that. Yeah. That sounds like, um, and again, it probably changes how you show up, you know, for her or for others in your family. And it, I think about like a battery being charged, like you're probably able to hold that charge for longer and for yourself, for others. It's beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, because I just want to add too, like one of the things Mama Gina always would emphasize is that we are 88 keys on a piano, right? You know, there's so much range, right? And life is not just about the light notes, it's the dark notes too. And we, we don't want a chopsticks kind of life, we want the full melody. And so I do feel that by adding, like it, it can sometimes feel counterproductive. I have to constantly devote myself to this practice that when I feel super, super stressed, that's when I need 10 times the more invitation of pleasure, like the things that make me feel good so that I can still be present in what's happening from a place of, sometimes you can't like just shoot straight to joy, but you might be able to move on the rung of the ladder to relief, you know, if you're feeling despair. And then from relief, you can move into, you know, sort of hope <laughs> and from sort of hope. So you can kind of move up into different spaces from where you are with that invitation. Plus it feels so good to feel so good often. That's what I've realized since doing the course <laughs> is that when, the, when your muscle and your capacity for joy becomes such a devotional part of your day, I find myself like a cork rising, like where I can't, I don't wanna stay in certain places unnecessarily too long. I want to milk mm. it for its rich experience because to grieve means that I loved, right? But I don't want to stay living in a space too long because I know what it feels like to rise and be in the pleasure space. Yeah, this this definitely resonates for me um, that I'm sure you've heard the saying, if it's not a hell yes, it's a no. And I think that um, the in the last few years, being more and more exposed to A Course in Miracles and, and really like learning, um, um, deepening my Buddhism knowledge, I've really been able to really truly understand the meaning of that statement. It's in my mind, in my thoughts, if I'm not enjoying these thoughts, just like you said earlier, Heather, like it's a no for me. I don't want to be there. So don't torment myself and be in those thoughts anymore. And, you know, step away from that. Um, and it, it's hard, but find those little, little things that you can celebrate or, or do a failure bow. Like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, there I go again. <laughs> Thinking these random thoughts. <laughs> I love that because I actually, I wanted to pleasurify my thing. So I have a belly dancing skirt that I wear when I have a great big fail because it's so important to move, mm -hmm. you know, physically move when you're in these states. So I will do a belly dance, like a celebration of like, I'm in the game of life and I played and I failed, you know, <laughs> it's just to kind of rewire the circuitry so that I associate a little bit of fun with being courageous. Yeah. frame right yeah it's so important to reframe um and also like failure is a good thing <laughs> like right 
if we keep failing, we like we do figure out how to do it the quote unquote right way or right for us way. Yes. And it's the like knowing what you don't want, like the Abraham Hicks works. When you know what you don't want, you end up being clarified on what you really do want. So that's what I kind of get excited. I try to work myself up to get excited about it. Hey, you're just you're in this state and you're finding out by your turn off what actually will lead you to your turn on. Because I do find that a lot in my experiences with coaching women on pleasure is that turn off is driving the conversation. So the good thing about it is it's saying actually where the other direction you want to go in, but the energy of turn off is dominating the conversation. And I find that always interesting to kind of be aware of that. What does that sound like, you know, respecting your client confidentiality, but in general, like, what does it sound like when someone is sort of their conversations being driven by turn off? And what does it sound like when your conversations being driven by turn on? It's definitely, um, I don't want this. I don't like this. I wish he or she would change, you know. Um, if this happened, it would feel better. And, you know, and there's just this heavy or this agitated or I love the chronic crankiness, just this cranky mm-hmm. that's in the in the tone versus, um, well, we like to say when a woman is in her turn on talking about her desire, the group knows because everyone wants that desire too. (laughs) You know, it's the way you talk about it. One of the tools that we use is you you get this nice, long, luxurious feather and you have to talk about what you want as you feather yourself. (laughs) Because it's kind of hard to be cranky and talk about what you don't want and feather yourself very sensually and slowly. And you can the dissonance, you know, when you're like, you know, like, I want ice cream. Like, how can you say that in a way that will turn? Like, how can I say that in a way that would turn both of you on? Wow. That I really want ice cream. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like now we're all going to be thinking about ice cream. (laughs) But I mean, that's a great thing. Like to have a feather, that's a tool. Like to have a feather by your bed and go like, what do I want? What would I really desire? And can I speak it out loud in a way that while I'm, you know, touching myself slowly, that I can feel the essence of my desire, feel the, because you can tell it's turn on because you're not activating the belief that you can't have it. You're having fun in the naming of it. Yeah. And it's a pleasure to just speaking it. And there's something that happens in the body or that I have found in my own body by practicing this as a lifestyle that my body will start to respond first now. Yes. Just spoken. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This is actually, I think, um, such a like to have access to what your body is telling you is such a powerful tool that I, I wish everyone could experience. That's why it's so important to notice, like, what are the sensations happening when you walk into a room? You know, like you could feel the tension sometimes, right? Or you could feel the pleasure, whatever is happening in that room. So this is like really, really, to pay attention and to tune into what's happening in your body 
And that will give you the like, oh yes, this thing gives me pleasure. That thing, not so much. I think, and I, what I'm also hearing is like pleasure in the process and not the outcome as well. So like the, what I'm hearing is like the naming of I want ice cream, where in my day to day, that might be like, oh God, I really want ice cream. And I, you know, I shouldn't or whatever, you know, whatever other stories I have around that. But what, what I'm hearing is to just enjoy the wanting of ice cream and to enjoy saying that out loud, that um, to bring pleasure to even the journey of getting ice cream, you know, um, I like that as a I'm like collecting these little tips for myself and for listeners these are great the milking of the anticipation because I feel like there's a process to the alchemy of a desire manifesting and one of the process points is like the anticipation which I actually feel nowadays with technology and you know Netflix will tell you exactly what they should recommend in the moment. You can get things in two days. We're not, we're losing the anticipation capacity for something The having fun with the longing and the looking forward to it kind of part. And I think that's a rich area to be able to milk pleasure. Like if you had the thought that pure thought during an early part of the day after work, I'm going to get some ice cream without guilt, right? How much throughout the whole day could you just keep returning to that thought? No one would know. And you're like, I'm getting ice cream later. <laughs> and really milk that, you know, and like, you don't know, you know, students who are not listening, I'm getting ice cream. <laughs> like, oh my God, you know what I hear? I hear you flirting with yourself. Yes. <laughs> That's, well, that, and it's just, it's a relationship of like, you don't know, but I've got pleasure on the menu today for myself, you know? or in 45 minutes because I need it, right? I'm gonna do something and it's that, how can I constantly be seducing my own self by inviting as many opportunities to please myself? And it, it really is about the mundane because I do think sometimes, or I've been guilty of it in the past where I would have to earn my pleasure or it'd have to be this big trip or something and I just work hard and do this and be enough and then I can have my pleasure on the weekend or my pleasure in two months. And I think that that the process between the mundane is where the magic is and the anticipating of something. Because I used to um, work for Pure Romance and sell, you know, bedroom accessories to women, which was a lot of fun. And there was something that they said about like, you know, sometimes for some women, women can be like ovens. Men can be in some cases like microwaves, ding, clear to the point <laughs> and women need to preheat right when it comes to pleasure so that idea of you know giving myself transition to something that I'm looking forward to because that's the worst when you plan a vacation and you work a lot hard up into that point and then you go on vacation and you really actually need another day to get ready for the vacation so I often think about how many opportunities throughout the day could I give so that I can transition into my pleasure so that when I slip into the tub, I didn't become present just when I slipped into it. I was enjoying the pouring the water, lighting the candle, you know, getting the book ready. So that that whole experience, once I'm in the tub and then even after the tub, that's another area I feel like is really important for me with working with women is do you enjoy the after 
of your satisfaction? Do you relish in it? You know, especially in intimate encounters, whether it's flirting with someone or being intimate with someone, is the process after just as enjoyable as the anticipation and the consumption of it? Yeah. So, so using your tub, like the bath metaphor, what does that look like enjoying the after? For me, it's laying on my sheets and that feeling you feel in your body when your muscles are just like, oh, I love that hot water. You know, maybe I'm not going to rush and put on clothes. I'll just lay naked for a little bit, right? Like enjoying that sensation, not next to the, okay, let me put on a TV show. or what, Let me languish in this a little bit more just so I can go, that was satisfying. Mm-hmm. I am satisfied. The word that's coming to me is linger. Um, when you said languish, but even for the whole process of naming you on ice cream or that you're pouring the water for the bath and, or just being in the moment when you're drinking your coffee is like lingering. I think, uh, you know, the thing that's coming up for me is, is that we're, we're rushing through life so much. That's, a number one reason why we should be taking pleasure in the mundane um, and leading up to and all of the all of the things that we're doing but it's also saying to me that you know the lingering is how we should be we should be slowing it down and enjoying every sip every bite of that ice cream, every moment of that hot bathtub uh, or the hot bath, right? And I'm smiling because I'm seeing your smile and I'm thinking Uh, how delicious is that when you're actually flirting, when you're giving your attention to someone mm. and you're savoring them. Yes. And lingering in that moment and like enjoying that moment of flirting with them. Okay. I'm going to step in with my awkwardness here because that's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this all sounds lovely but in the moment that's like it feels like uh I'm too in my head right at that moment like oh my god or that might look weird or I'm, you know so let's let's like for our listeners that are in that moment um or before that moment you know where do you start <laughs> how do you do this and and how before, during, after, like, what, what is that lingering throughout that insertion with someone else? Does that look like? In direct contact, I think for me, it is definitely being fully present. So big thing is tech out of the way, like, you know, and I do enjoy, it's, it's the eye contact, it's the being able to be curious and ask questions is really about being fully present and enjoying the experience of the one-on-one. For me, it actually starts, again, it's very self-centered in a good way. For me to enjoy a good interaction, especially on a date or with flirting, again, it's the before. So a lot of times for me, the design of it, where are we going what am I going to order? Like certain things. I know that if I rev myself up before I'm in a juicy place and then that juiciness ends up being able to be focused on the person. So when I'm just asking questions or attentive to them, they're getting 
my presence, but also my presence turned on, meaning I'm very happy to be here. I'm in this moment because I took care of myself before the encounter. So I think that's a big part for me, even outside of like flirtation and romantic stuff. I'm already starting to do my clearing right now in anticipation to see my family, you know, so that I can be fully there with my nephews. I only want to focus on the solar system and things like that. So I have things that I am anticipating right now. And I'm like, what can I clear so that I can show up in a juicy place to be with them so they can have my full presence? I don't know if that kind of answered your question there. Yeah, that that's very helpful in the sense of like both practice, but also really mindset and this this idea of clearing and bringing your your in touch with your own pleasure, with your enjoyment, and making space for that. And then, in some ways, I I'm hearing like sharing that space with someone else and and giving that space to someone else to, to welcome them into your sort of energy and maybe they pick up in it or they don't, but it's, you're there in, in that sort of container that you're creating around you. Yeah. And I think some of that has to do with also being able to name prior to something an encounter, like what also you need from the mm-hmm. encounter. Cause that's something that I have learned too, especially when it comes to dating Um, with men, that part of me being juicy and put in the best place was sometimes I needed to name what I needed before. And being able to get really comfortable in the moment if I didn't make a request before to say something in the moment. And that, just like bragging, that is something that requires, I think, some practice so that when a need comes up, it just is out of your mouth before you can try to find a way to squash it. Um, so that's been a big part of the pleasure process too, is being able to articulate, I need this, keep it simple without a lot of backstory. Mm. Can, you, can you give an example of expressing that need, a need to someone else that you might be flirting with? Like for me, I know that I can get overstimulated. So like a bar or certain places like that, it's not the best environment where I feel in my pleasure to connect with someone. So if that is what maybe he was planning, then I might articulate, you know, oh, I, I really want to connect with you. I need a place that has a little less stimulation. Could we go here or a cafe? Um, because I and I think too, in my experience, especially when speaking and making a request of men, when a man knows what it will provide, especially if it, oh, it will allow me to, you know, get closer to you and talk with you, the need is very much received very well. So getting very comfortable with saying this is something that I need and this is what it will provide um, is usually met with very little resistance or none. And then it puts me in a position to go, okay, I'm going to be in the best environment where I'm going to, I'm turned on by the thought of a cafe versus a bar. So I can be my best self and play in that. I love that. That's, that's helpful. And it, it sort of sets up expectations and good communication very early on anyway and you like for you and then someone who might not be able to reciprocate or communicate well you might just learn that quicker that much quicker and that much sooner um or they might learn from you on that they can communicate things like that um yeah i'm kind of like 
what else is there about flirtation and sensuality and pleasure? Um, maybe things that still feel taboo that you know your clients or people you work with are are, are their edges or things that are uncomfortable. That what do you want people to know about this? Hmm. Well, it's interesting because um, a recent couple questions that I've been asked have been around like flirting, like, I guess the edge would be when you want to flirt and be your full self, uh, radiant and playing in that and I guess not wanting unwanted attention, you know, so that's, that's an area I'm curious about, um, even for my own self, like how to take up more space with my natural, you know, light, and at the same time, not fearing that what if I attract, like how to handle that, which sometimes I think for women, they can make a, you know, women maybe want to contract because wait, what if I'm my full radiant self? I don't want to attract everything, you know, how to be with that. I think that's kind of an edge there. Yeah. Um, Heather, you and I, just for full transparency to our listeners, you and I chatted about this a little bit, like this idea of expanding and then it becoming an unsafe situation for someone um that is definitely you know that's something that i'm still learning more about i don't have the right answer for like how how do you show up in your full radiant self and then also feel safe That's something I'm still exploring too, especially when it comes to um, attire, because one of our edges that we were exploring in um, the School of Womanly Arts, we had an opportunity to wear, it was like our courtesan weekend, our inner courtesan, and we got to wear in a safe space what made us feel the sexiest, the most alive. And there were so many different translations, which was amazing to behold, you know? Um, so it felt really, really powerful to be able to, I think we had two dress changes, <laughs> um, to show up in that representation in that space. And it was so liberating that I feel for even myself, I'm still figuring out how to take the essence of that yeah. to the world and feel free or feel confident in myself. I think for me, it's a feeling confident that I, you know, when you're in that light, you will attract because you are attractive, um, trusting myself to be able to be in a powerful mm-hmm. way when I need a boundary or a no, mm-hmm. trusting myself in that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up because I think that's a really real concern and a, and a really, um, the like trusting yourself ultimately being the right, to me feels like, the right direction I need to remember. Um, so I think I feel it in something as simple as smiling. Um, when I was traveling abroad, uh, it felt easier, maybe because I was a tourist, that it was easier, more people were smiling at me. And it was just nice to have encounters with other backpackers and strangers. And it was such a joyful experience. And then I remember coming back and moving to a city and I mean, city life drives you a little bit into like this (laughs) blinders on and, you know, head down. Um, So like having, not having the ability to to smile at a stranger so much or feeling 
concern that someone would take that as a sign for more than just a smile from a stranger. Um, and it's frustrating because I want to smile and I really enjoy meeting strangers and getting to know someone's story. And it's really a loss, not just for me, but for the person I want to interact with. And for, you know, on a larger scale with everyone, a loss for our sense of connection to each other. Um, so I appreciate you bringing that up and sharing that it's still something we're navigating and figuring out. Um, yeah. Um, I think we've sort of talked a little bit about like things that you can do, actions you can take, um, practices that you could have um, throughout this conversation. I'm curious if there's other things that you can suggest or share um, maybe things that you do or that you've seen others do that bring pleasure and flirtation and lingering um, into people's lives? Um, well, sensual eating came up because that was one of our practices is, you know, having a different relationship with our food. One of the best things that I love, uh, Regina said, was, you know, bring out the fine china for breakfast. You know, like something about bringing out your best dishes just for a mundane, again, meal. And then what would it be like to light a candle, you know, to have that meal and go, I'm toasting myself because it's Tuesday, you know, and see how you show up with that. Um, that practice for me made me go, what other things could I, what, what other things do I only use for a special occasion when I am the everyday special occasion? So that question led me to go, well, instead of having a really nice perfume that I only wear, why don't I wear it every day? Right? Or um, this special piece of clothing that makes me feel really, really sexy. Why am I just wearing it when there's a date or something on the horizon like that? Why don't I just wear it every day? Right? So definitely, um, and that's another aspect too, which was one of our assignments was to really look at our wardrobe and to go through it and kind of have that standard for ourselves that I want to feel good in everything that I wear. There's no like uh, just getting through the day <laughs> kind of clothes. How can I really look at the things that I encounter daily that and make it more of a special occasion for myself, elevate it because we are goddesses. <laughs> So like, how can I bring that goddess energy into more that I do? I have one more question um, before we start to wrap up. And that's, I'm thinking about this from, we've been speaking about this from a, like, of course it's a school of womenly arts and from a female perspective. And I'm curious if there's, if anything is different or different guidance for men or people who are non-binary, um, people who are in, homosexual relationships versus heterosexual, other other expressions of gender and sexuality, if there's anything that feels needs to be added to what we've said, or does it all still apply? I would say the biggest question I would always ask is what does pleasure mean to you? You know, and I think that can go across the board and all kinds of dynamics and identifications. What does pleasure mean to you? How much of it are you enjoying right now? And how much more <laughs> would you like? And what area of your life would you like more of it in? 
So I think, yeah, pleasure. I'd like to think feeling good is something that we all <laughs> want more of or could invite more of. Yeah, and seems like natural and a birthright even. In Absolute birthright. And, and then also too, by living in more pleasure, by exploring your own pleasure, by challenging, you know, maybe even, you know, societal things on your own pleasure. Um, how by living fully in that and exploring that, how would that also be of benefit to people around you? I just had a conversation because I love, um, especially working with moms, um, I love the thought of parents being able to demonstrate, you know, by prioritizing their own daily mundane pleasurifying things, how, what it, what's the gift it gives to their children to see, oh, mommy and daddy, you know, they, they prioritize this for themselves. That gives me permission you know, to do this for myself as well. So the gift asking, like by inviting more pleasure into your own life, how could that also be a demonstration for others around you? I love that. Same. I love that so much. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I would love to, if it's possible, if you ladies are interested in um, engaging in what we call a trinity, a brag okay. about desire it's a way to be able to you know elevate and invite pleasure into self-celebration mm -hmm. which would be basically sharing something that you want to brag about yourself there is no limit um, and then after you say your brag we all say well bragged um, and then a gratitude and then finally a desire again no limits and then after you say your desire um, we'll say so shall it be or something even better. Okay. I'm not going first. I'm actually I, can go first. I don't mind going first to demonstrate. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this is a great tool we use in the school all the time. Um, so I will brag that this is my first podcast ever. Yay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I brag. Yeah, I brag that. And I'm grateful to have this conversation with you wonderful ladies, so I'm very grateful for the invitation. Um, and I desire to be more courageous with visibility. And we should say, so, uh -huh. so shall it be? So shall it be. Or, or something. something even better. <laughs> or something even better. Yes. I love it. Um, I can go next. Uh, so let's see, a brag. Oh, you know, um, <laughs> this is something, uh, I guess, little and, uh, but still worthy of a brag. I, I, my brag is uh, today at work, we had like this 25 person meeting and I facilitated it. And all of the feedback was, we loved the way you facilitated this, oh. this meeting. Um, so that's definitely a really cool brag. Usually in these meetings, people are just like rolling their eyes behind <laughs> their like turned off cameras and everybody's camera was on and they were just engaged and enjoying it. So I was really, really grateful for that. Um, uh, well, what I'm, huh? Yeah, well bragged. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well bragged. Um, and what I'm grateful for is 
actually with for you uh heather i'm so grateful that you accepted our invitation to be our first guest i think that is such an awesome awesome like what an awesome first guest so i'm really really grateful for that and what i desire um i think 2020 for me has been life-changing in some ways and I want 2021 to be even more life-changing in many ways so so shall shall it be or something even even better better. thank you thank you (laughs) I'm loving this practice okay um so my brag is that Instead, so in my business, um, I'm hitting a point where I can start to like invest in more infrastructure for my business. And instead of trying to like do the free version of all these different softwares, I just invested in an actual full piece of software for my business, which feels like a really big step for me to to take everything more seriously. And like, yeah, I'm. I was like, I had to look around, and be like, wait, I'm I'm a business lady, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> feeling good. Well bragged. Uh, thank you. Um, gratitude. I would say, you know, yes to to our conversation today. Yes to Heather as our first guest, but really this triad, this relationship for me um, of the three of us, for me, this is the first time I met you both together was in my first, very first class around coaching. And I don't know, it just feels very special to me to come back in this form and connect in this way. I'm, I'm just very grateful to have both of you around and in my life, um, loving, loving that and loving what we all bring to the table together and what can be created from there. Um, and what I desire, I, I desire more lingering. Like I enjoy that in life in general when I, when I do slow down um, I do savor things. I'm, I'm, I do photography as well. So my eyes are really good at appreciating light and stuff, but, and so I can find beauty in a lot of things. Um, but I'm thinking about that, that like time between waking up and coffee, like that's, it's like, I, I had never connected that to, to pleasure. So I desire for myself to, to linger more. So shall it be. Or, or something, something even better. Better. Ooh. Thank you. <laughs> Love this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening in. And thank you so much, Heather, for joining us. It was such a great conversation today. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. Heather, is there anywhere that you, you know, if someone wanted to reach out to you or a website or how can people reach out and connect with you? Sure, they can um, check out my website, shewhocreates.com, um, or my email. My email is the best, Heather K. Simone, S-Y-M-O-N-E, at Gmail for coaching. Oh. Great. And we'll include that in the episode details as well. Mm-hmm. Thank, yep. you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you, Barthi. That's been a wonderful episode, and I really love having guests on. This has been really great. Yeah. This is awesome. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. 
Thanks for joining us on Unfolding Sharp Corners. We consider this a community space where we can learn together. If you want to share your insights, questions, or feedback, we invite you to click the link in the episode description. We're on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. And follow us on Instagram at Unfolding Sharp Corners. Make sure to leave a review so we can continue to explore more corners with you. See you soon.